This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. I long for the days when Terrence Malick can sell out a theater. (laughs) And Willis. Like, I don't care so much about the story. Sure. That's not true at all. (laughs) Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Welcome back, everyone. We have some interesting stuff to talk about today. A lot of studio news. Yes. Believe it or not. Uh, We're going to talk about Warner Brothers and the Flash movie that is coming out question mark (laughs) that is question mark yeah (laughs) that is question mark and we're gonna make some predictions about what the heck they should be doing with this nightmare of a situation they've got on their hands we're then going to be talking about universal studios and uh the fact that they've already passed the three billion dollar mark at the box office this year and it's august which hasn't been done since 2018 so that's definitely something to watch for And then we're going to end it off with Disney and Netflix and the fact that Disney has just surpassed, quote unquote, Netflix in subscribers. Yeah. We know how streaming is. Yeah. yeah, Big asterisks. We'll get into it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's it's the streaming world is really, really volatile right now. So (laughs) we'll get all the way into it. But before we do that. Let's quickly go over what's coming out this week. We got a few things, not too much theatrically, and we might do an episode about this in the future because they really kind of just like put all their eggs in one basket for the first half, and I don't know what's coming for the second half for theaters. So. Yes, but also we said that when we did like a Megapixels last I year, know. we were like, like when we were prepping, we were like, what yeah. the hell else is coming out this year? <laughs> yeah. And the best movies came out. Yeah, like- and then like <laughs> a major motion picture from every famous director yeah. came out. We were like, oh, fuck. All right. Oh, there we go. Okay. I don't think uh, that's happening, but you know. But you never know. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that was slated to come out that's been pushed, so we'll, we'll talk about it. But first, we've got Idris Elba's Beast movie premiering on Friday, August 19th, which is Idris Elba in the the like the jungle, the yeah, desert jungle. maybe, I don't know, with a lion. I Africa, honestly don't. Yeah. Honestly don't remember. It's one of those movies that I'm like I just don't think there's much here for me. Um I it seems to me that he's literally just fighting a lion. Yeah. Yeah. Which like I'm kind of like a little on board with. And I, I say that with like him. a weird tense. I'm like, I don't know how Idris Elba I don't know how <laughs> a human like legit stands up to a full grown like male lion. Right. You know, and like from the looks of it, it's not just like a male lion, it's like a massive beast of a male lion. Yeah. So like, I don't know how this Ultimate movie's lion. not, you know, forty minutes long, but Right. I'm kind of into it, I guess. You won't be seeing in theaters. It's got no. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's got that vibe of like, um, like the Meg or not the Meg, but like Rampage. Uh, yeah, yeah, not even that, but like it's like, oh, here's just like, oh, there's one person one that I'm trying to think of that it's just like. Well, it's kind of like the Shallows. It's like it's like a yeah. one person versus one animal. Yeah, I want to like say a, like more of an intimate way. I want to say like Jaws, but I don't think it's going to be anything like Jaws. But like, yeah, that kind of thing. Of yeah. Like, yeah, man versus nature, kind of straight up right. thing. So, and now if they all die at the end, then we've learned something. But if not, fight then we lions. haven't learned anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Alien versus Predator. Whoever wins, we lose. Exactly. Even though you know, watch Alien versus Predator, folks. <laughs> I'm still bitter about that tagline. Um, also coming out in theaters. Also coming out in theaters, we got Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z fan, or I guess Dragon Ball Super now, but this is a trailer I've seen every single time I've been in IMAX, and I'm like, okay, it looks just like OG Dragon Ball. I am a huge Dragon Ball fan. Oh, yeah? I was under the impression that this movie came out, like, in June, to the level that I'm pretty sure it came out limited back then, because I am... Like ninety percent positive that I looked at Showtimes to go see this in the in theaters. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I I mean I came up when like the classic era of Dragon Ball Z was airing on mm. Cartoon Network, and like would come yeah, home from school time. and watch the new episode of Dragon Ball Z and you know do that for eight months and they forward the plot like three minutes because that's how Dragon Ball Z was cut. <laughs> gotcha. But they re-released, they've been like redoing a whole nother level of it. Dragon Ball Super has been like great. And I 
I don't know. I'm I'm swept up in the nostalgia of this and I've been eating it up. And this has actually a chance to pull me to theaters. I was going to say, so maybe, maybe theatrical? I, I, IMAX, Dragon Ball? I, I, it's wild to me. I It might happen. It might happen, which is Won't wild. go see Thor or Nope, but he will go see Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> it's like literally the like intelligent side of my brain has no understanding why the like primal <laughs> side of me is like, I'm going to see fucking Gohan yeah. fight yeah. the Red Ribbon Army. <laughs> but I digress. So like you're the exact demographic. I I, I mean I, I think it's square like yeah. at me. Yeah. So yeah, there's some interesting stuff in theaters right now. I mean, stuff for kind of a bunch of different people, uh, yeah. which is cool. Streaming though, we have a ton Way of more, stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not going over all of it. There's so much. Look up a list because there's probably like 13 to 20 things premiering this week. Um, first of all, the big thing that I'm going to talk about. Uh, two big things actually. The first one being She-Hulk, which premieres yeah. today. No, today. Yeah. As I of this, expected it to be a Wednesday release. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, Thursdays. Thursday. So She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Uh, hyped. Don't know what to think about this. I'm hyped, but I mean, I'm only so hyped because MCU shows, Disney shows, they're yeah, really hit or miss. So. I, I think parts of it are going to be really good and then parts of it are going to be really bad. I think I am and probably you are not the target audience for this show. Possibly not. I think this is going to be a very different kind of MCU show and I think yes. people will not like it, but I think it's I think it's going to be good, but I think it's going to be like yeah. a different swing. Which honestly, I think they could use a little bit of that. Like if this is just, I like we mm -hmm. talked about this weeks ago. Like if this was just a procedural, like a courtroom drama show, I'm like, but she's big and green. I like, think that's kind of what it's going to be. Yeah. We know Matt Murdock is going to be in it. And yeah, you know, so I'm like, I kind of want, I think that would be fun. And Abomination you know? and Wong and. And Wong and yeah. Hulk. And you know, I, so I don't know. It's, I, we obviously give every single one of these a chance. So we're going to be checking it out. Yeah, we'll I'm, let you know next I've week. I've probably watched it already. Yeah, honestly, yes. <laughs> uh, the other big thing, which I don't know if I'm going to watch because I wasn't really into this to begin with, but I'm sure you're going to watch is House of the Dragon. Yeah. This Sunday. I had no idea the, that this was Thrones happening already. Spot. Dude, right? Like, how? I thought this show was coming in like October. I saw it on the yep. sheet and I was like, what? No, that's like, there's yep. no way we're that close to this. <laughs> but lo and behold. But here it is. Game of Thrones. <laughs> which is like, that's the kind of thing. And I'm like, how is there no hype around this like people mention i mean there's it, been trailers and I, but like that's the thing i'm like you'd think there would just be like a oh my god you guys are you guys gonna watch house dragon are you watching it are you watching it? are you watching it? Are yeah. like why is it not everywhere right now question for you do you think because i know the game of thrones didn't end the way people wanted it to do you think that's going to have any impact on the way people are going into this and maybe not going into this because they're like, well, not that it has the same For creators or directors some, or anything. I will say I am super hyped about this because I am hyped to be back in that world. Yeah. Like, I don't care so much about the story. Sure. That's not true at all. I don't care <laughs> so much about its connection to Game of Thrones prime or whatever sure i guess it can just be called game of thrones the house of dragon yeah. it's not called game of thrones house of dragon yeah but like true. i'm just excited to be back in like westeros and like all of this lore and all this stuff and like i'm sure it will be a whole thing that i go okay wait so like where did that time see i'm like so blown away that it's so soon because i was like oh i'm gonna like rewatch a bunch of game of thrones before right i don't know why you that can't. was a weird cadence game of thrones <laughs> No, you can't. Well, you and, could. Well, but. I mean, yeah, I could, you know, we record this on Monday. I could spend yeah. the next four days watching a season or two of Game of Thrones, um, mm. but I won't. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hyped for it. I think it's, I, it's fucking Game of Thrones. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Like, say what you will about the last season. Like, I spent seven years of my life addicted to that show. Yeah. So. Yeah. My only worry is the fact that nobody knows that it's coming. If we didn't know it was coming this Sunday, yeah. nobody knows. I yeah, mean, like, it's wild. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those you just open up HBO Max and you're like, oh, fuck. Uh, okay. Exactly. So, I, dude, I don't know. 
I don't know. We have a couple other things. I mean, uh, The Girl in the Mirror is premiering on Netflix uh, this week. We have The Cuphead Show coming back for season two on Netflix. Yep. Already, the Diana so Investigations. I know. All of these things are just like, oh, season yeah. two. Uh, the Diana Investigations, which is a four-part docuseries on her death, premiering on Discovery Plus today. Uh, Echoes on Netflix. Uh, and oh, just just go look at every single service. Yeah. Hulu, Apple, every single Everybody's one has something, something coming out this yeah. week. So go check it out. Lots to watch. And without further ado, guys, let's get into the, uh, I don't want to say shit show, but like, we'll get into it. What's going on this week? (laughs) So we can't get around this because it's huge and lots of controversy going on with Warner Brothers and HBO, especially with, with over the past couple weeks with the merger and all of these new kind of issues emerging. And one of the biggest issues is Ezra Miller. Um, Because really the last big movie that they had that people were hyped for was the flash because it was going to be the whole flashpoint run and opening it into the multiverse and a lot of different things potentially. Yeah. Well, it's like the last breath of, the original, like, Zack Snyder extended yeah. DCEU. Exactly. Where it was like we were supposed to get a bunch of different things along the way that were all going to lead to Flashpoint. And we were going to have this big – It was Flashpoint was originally supposed to be their Avengers-esque – well, that's not fair, I guess. Um, it was going to be like their No Way Home. It's Well, I, I was going to say it was going to be like their Multiverse of Madness. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, like, here's the big thing and, like, all this – you know, it was supposed to be a big tentpole event. Not so much. Well, who knows? Who who knows? But their main star, as we've said before, but I'll just give you a quick rundown. Ezra Miller has been getting into a lot of trouble, I think, as early as late last year in Hawaii. Or maybe it was earlier this year. I can't tell. I mean, he was, he was indicted for felony burglary uh, things like a couple weeks ago in Vermont. Yeah, well, yeah, like last week. But that was like what he yeah. got in trouble like oh, months ago with Hawaii things. and like, you know, he got in, yes. he got arrested for like drunken disorderly and assault and kidnapping and like a whole yeah, bunch of he like stuff. fought a guy. Yeah. They're saying that he's like trying to lead a cult at this point or something like that. There's a lot of bad shit going on around Ezra Miller and he kind of just doesn't seem to give a shit. No, no. Which I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that if it's he doesn't give a shit or if he has some kind of actual like. There's something you know, something going, something going on, on in his head, like you know. Um, and I guess we should say they. I think he identifies as they. They. Oh yeah, right. Um, so I don't know what Warner Brothers is going to do about this. So they have a few things they can do, which we talked about Batgirl last week, them shelving the movie entirely, which is yes. a possibility. However, the Flash cost over twice as much as Batgirl, so it's twice as yeah. much of a loss, and they've already done the write-down, and they've got all these tax write-offs, and they're going through this big thing, and them losing not just a $200 million movie, but a movie that was going to basically Set allow up. them to do whatever they wanted to in the future. Yeah may not happen it seems to me that flashpoint had become their exit strategy for the dceu yes and that they were like okay we don't want to do what marvel's doing and have everything be interlocked Mm -hmm. anymore um, because it's continually blown up in our faces so we're going to use flashpoint to open up the multiverse basically so hot right now and Without that, it's it's hard to make that conversation, and everyone's just going to keep saying, like, well, is this canon or not, et cetera. Right, because everything has to be part of a larger picture at this point, especially when it comes to superheroes. It's like, well, you know, DC, it's yeah. all this whole, it's this same thing. Um, yeah. So they can scrap it, which financially sucks, and from a strategic storytelling, I guess, is the word point of view sucks. Yeah. Ruins a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. They can put it out as is because it's done. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 done. It was supposed to come um, out this year and now it's not coming till maybe next June. 
yeah, they can put it out or theoretically and like, no, but like they could remake it. The big, the, <laughs> that would be <laughs> the most baller move of all time. Just like, <laughs> no. So the, the issue being uh, Ezra Miller not only plays the lead character, but multiple characters in this because it's about the multiverse. It's like, you know, there were multiple Dr. Stranges. Yep. Um, I love how we put everything in reference to Marvel. Uh, like our <laughs> listeners are like, oh, of oh, course. Oh, I got you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah, they play multiple characters and reshooting all of those roles. Not feasible. It would be so expensive. Yeah. You'd have to like scrap probably 80, 90% of the movie. Um, and, you know, you might be able to keep yeah. a few things, but if you're reshooting 90% of it, like, the fuck does that 10% oh, matter? God. Yeah, just What's reshoot the, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so shelve it, release it, figure out some, something else out. What What do you think they're going to do, Josh? You know, I have a really terrible feeling that they're just going to release it. I think that they're going to do it with no fanfare. I suppose you could also say they could send it straight to HBO Max. They could, they definitely could do that. Although That's a I, tough call. I, with something like this, it's like this, they're in such a terrible spot because this is their big moment. Like this is post Snyder cut, yeah. post justice league, post all of the controversy and issues with Joss Whedon and post all of this. And it seemed like things were on the up and up and coming back and everything is going to fall into place. And now this they can't scrap it. I don't think they can scrap this. I just don't because like we have Black Adam and Shazam and where was one more coming to like another big one. Oh yeah. Aquaman. And it's like Aquaman too. Yeah. These all are in the same universe. So it's like if you scrap Flashpoint, do they have to pull a Marvel and rewrite and reorganize and like, or, or do they just say whatever? And then like, well, here's the question. Here's the big question. Yeah. This is what I keep pondering about, at least. Aquaman, Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Are these in the same universe? Does it matter? I guess not yet. It doesn't matter. Until Flashpoint. <laughs> well, so, but that's the thing. So, like, all right, let's frame it in a Marvel point of view here. Because I'm, like, chewing on this as I'm saying. Could Marvel have done their phase one? done Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, Cap America, First Avenger, and then gone straight into Phase 2 without the Avengers movie. Could they have, in making the movies of Phase 2, written around the fact that that big event didn't happen? I They could have. They definitely could have. I don't know that it would carry the same weight because the Avengers was such a, like, oh, you know, type of deal. Yeah, They definitely could have. But like, so I guess that's my question is if they scrap, if WB Discovery, sure, WBD, I guess, um, that's weird. <laughs> that acronym doesn't sound right. If they say we're not putting this movie out, uh, this is just how the universe is now. Can they dig their way out of that? See, I say, can they dig their way out of that? But like Warner Brothers has been digging their way out of the out of their DCEU like yeah. for a decade. Like at what point do you stop digging? At what point you're like Matt Reeves, you're the new Kevin Feige. <laughs> I'd be on board with that. Me too. But uh, you know, but yeah. we're going a different but direction. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with Zack Snyder. Um Yeah, I know. So what's what are we asking here? Can the DCEU survive without Flashpoint? I, I think it can. I think it definitely can because people don't know yeah. what, what this – all they know – so DC and Warner Brothers shot themselves in the foot by announcing anything about this movie. Obviously, they couldn't know what was coming, but – Sure. Being like, and they also announced it like eight years ago. True, true, but with the yeah. fandom and them being like – flashpoint oh, yeah. like oh this and then them releasing that little snippet of, of michael, michael keaton. keaton and it's like they they were so ready for this to be something huge mm -hmm. and i think everyone else so like this movie regardless 
has many people's, especially, you know, everyone who's a fan of this stuff, everyone's eyes are on this. Yeah. So they have to make not necessarily a calculated decision, but they have to make a decision that doesn't make people go, you guys don't know what you're doing. And I don't know if there is a decision that we've laid out that says that. I don't think there's anything they could do that they're going to come out in the plus column with this movie. There's nothing. I think that ship sailed. I, it's, it's the question now of what do we do to stay the least in the negative column? I think they have to shelve this movie. I think they have to shelve this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they should green light and shoot a flash movie like right now. Yes. Yes. You know, give us a yes. different flash. You know, I saw a fan casting of Elliot Page the other day that yes. I'm like, I would be a hundred percent on board with that. It'd be awesome. I don't know if he's necessarily the same vibe as the flash, but I could get behind it. I think he could get there. Yeah. yeah. But you need to like, redirect people's attention immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) and honestly i i i like i don't know why my brain keeps doing this but every time i think about this i go yep they should make another flash movie like right now like you could you could get a flash movie up and out in a year easy yeah give me a 90 minute character driven flash yeah fat not even call it fastest man alive yes oh you know what I mean? Call it fastest man alive. Just like give me reverse flash. Give me all the classic. Like just give me organic flash fandom. Yeah. And be like here, like the Batman esque. You know, and be like, here is yeah. this. This is your flash movie, and people mm-hmm. will. I think people will divert to that. I also, and this is where I was originally heading with this, but like, I also for whatever reason, I'm like. We need a Green Lantern movie right now, too. We do. We do. Green Lantern is the, like, distraction. Green Lantern is the, all of this other stuff that we've been saying, there hasn't been any conversation around Green Lantern. And if you green light, nice, if you green light a Green Lantern movie right now, that's where the conversation's going to shift. You're right. You're right. It's all, like, it's, you need to control Listen, you need to control the narrative, Warner Brothers. Yes. Says the guy they're on so his podcast. so not in control. But they're so not in control of this at all. And they haven't been for so... I ever. mean, they haven't been in Have they ever? ever. Like, never. It, it's kind of astounding. I mean, we're still waiting on Man of Steel 2. Yeah, when Cavill's like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah, and I hear rumors every week of, like, Warner Brothers is talking to Henry Cavill again. And we're like... They might be talking to him, but he's saying no. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that was their opening, like, salve for the of just here's Superman, sweet, right? Yeah, you know. And then we got the atrocity of Batman versus Superman. But like oh to God. to run through, like, yeah, we were saying this off pod. Like, there's never been like a good solid Warner Brothers offering. I know people are screaming at me right now because like they, uh, what was it, it was number two. In the on the Oscars, the uh, most watched. What was I don't even remember what the categories are. Oh, the fan fan um, favorite. Yeah, fan favorite Oscar cheer moment. Yeah, Oscar. was Flash entering the in this entering the Speed Force. Speed yeah. Force. <laughs> Which I'm like, I don't even. Okay? I, honestly, you know what? It's as weird as it is. That's probably part of the conversation with around the Flash movie of like, yeah, I'm but sure. like, people love the Flash. People love the Flash. It's like I don't think that was genuine. Yeah. I, DC, not DC, Warner Brothers needs to, it pains me to say this, but they really need to rein it in and and go, because I've been kind of on board for like, you know, let Reeves do something. Let, yeah. uh, you know, let all these filmmakers, like I was, like Andy Muschietti, who did like the It movies, like mm-hmm. was doing this. And I'm like, I'm on board. He's a really good director. So I'm like, they're handing these properties to people. James Wan's doing the Aquaman movie. So I'm yeah. like, they're handing these movies to the right people. But no matter what they do versus Marvel, who's handing them to the wrong people, it's like, but no matter what they do, things keep shifting away from them in, in ways that they could never There foresee. is some like... <laughs> force in the universe that is fighting warner brothers on this um yes 
but I, just, I, <laughs> I completely agree that they need a different voice at the top right now, because mm-hmm. in my opinion, the best thing that the DCU has put out in the past five years is Peacemaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, what? It's like a show. Yeah. like a It's like a show, show about a dude that like. Starring John Cena. Starring John Cena about a dude that like fights aliens with his, you know. And is super vulgar. Yeah. Like it's kind like, of like it, racist and sexist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, kind of a dick. Like. Yeah. Like, but I was there for it. I have talked to so many people that loved that show. Amazing. And like. Are you, is anyone like, is anyone expecting Aquaman to, to be as good as Peacemaker was? No. Like, no, it's like, it's because the voice at the top Peacemaker was, oh, James Gunn, you did Suicide Squad for us. Thanks. And he was like, hey, I'll do a Peacemaker show if you want for HBO. And they were like, like, okay. Okay. Yeah. John Cena's already been fitted for the costume. So perfect. (laughs) Sure. You do that. We're going to focus on Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or Batgirl, or what's they they there? There's another one that's coming that I'm just like, this is gonna get completely derailed too. That's not part of the Shazam universe, and it's not Aquaman two. Oh, Blue Beetle! They're doing a Blue Beetle movie that is 100 absolutely gonna get shelved too. Yeah, that's getting shelved. Like, there's <laughs> nobody knows who, like Blue Beetle, it, it, which sucks that because I actually shelved. do really like blue beetle as well like yeah. an interesting character and stuff like that but like yeah yeah there's no way if they can't get like batman off the ground if they exactly. can't get flash off the ground that like people are going to respond to a blue beetle though right. though as i say that out loud that is exactly what a lot of people said about guardians so i will you know maybe but in the given climate i don't think um warner brothers is would sign off on guardians right now either exactly and marvel was in a spot where yeah people weren't actively hating them for one reason or another and it was like a, oh you know there's also this weird thing that might work and not like oh here's all of these projects that are either getting scrapped or are in serious serious need of help but also here's blue beetle so like if you know like it or not you know yeah yeah they're not in a good spot. I, I'm very curious to see what they do. What's your I mean, final I, guess on what they're going to do with uh, with Flash? So I, I want them... I want them to shelve it. I think they might try and reshoot stuff. I think after the Snyder Cut, they're like, well, we can make this work. <laughs> I don't know because it's a new CEO, yeah. so that he might yeah, be like, like that's nah. that That's... Maybe if it was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they have to shelve this movie, but it's the two hundred million dollar plus marketing that I'm like, there's yeah. no way that's a huge chunk. Yeah, you know, tough, tough, very tough, very tough. What do you think? I think, I think they're gonna release it, man. Really? I think oh. they'll put it out. I think they'll do. I don't think they'll do a wide release. I think they'll do a limited release. They'll get whatever they can and then they'll dump it and it will show up on HBO in like five years. Well, so the interesting thing is this movie will make money, especially more now than ever before. It is so in yeah. the, the mindset, the mind of Now, who knows in a year from now, people could be like, who cares? Ezra Miller could be in jail. Who knows? Yeah. But it's like... Oh, what if he goes to prison? That's a whole other thing. It's a, but yeah, I'm like, that's a big. <laughs> like, this guy's. Been well, we could charged. get we could get into whole con- con- uh, yeah, contractual yeah. obligations of like, yeah, what like what if he goes to jail? Is he still making yeah. millions from uh, you know his points on the back end of the Flash movie? Right. Yeah. Um, not not worth it. But the thing I want, <laughs> I want Michael Keaton's Batman back. That's all I want. That's all I want. There's two movies now where he's supposed to be in. Literally, it's like all I want is just like, give me Michael Keaton's. Oh, here's the, here you go. Ready? Here's my pitch. Hit it. You know how I was talking about like, just give me a, uh, like a 90 minute standalone flash movie. Give me a 90 minute standalone flash movie 
that exists parallel to what you were originally doing in Flashpoint, just like mm -hmm. in another universe. Ooh. And it just like touches in to the actual Flashpoint storyline for like 10 minutes oh, dude. and then ducks back out. And you're like, so remember that part where we went in? It was chaos. Yeah, that was Flashpoint. And like, and now then, we're out and you feel the repercussions of whatever the um, like the real world what, like. or whatever, like the finale of Flashpoint was going to be. Yeah. Show me that outside of the actual story. That's my pitch. That's what you should do. Warner Love Brothers, it. hire me right now. I will not write the script or help produce in any capacity, no, but I will no. take a story credit. Thank you very much. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Starring Elliot Page. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Let's go. Multiverse. Let's absolutely go. So hot yeah. right now. And I think of stuff like Juno when I think of Elliot Page where I'm like, oh no, wait. Like he can get to those places that are like super or like, oh, I said super, even the movie super, you know, yeah. where like it's self-deprecating and really sarcastic and like he could get there. He could get there. Yeah. Speaking of studios that aren't in crazy turmoil right now. Yeah. Universal guys, we don't talk a lot about Universal because they're not. They don't make a lot of news. They don't make a lot of news because they're fairly unproblematic, I think. And yeah. they release like pretty decent movies pretty consistently. And they're one of the only studios. I was actually looking it up this year or right now because uh, this year they're one of the only studios that like has consistently released a bunch of theatrical stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Disney's only done four movies this year theatrical, and it was Thor. Doctor Strange, Lightyear, and Bob's Burgers. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Universal has uh, Nope, Ambulance, The Northman, The Black Phone, Minions, Jurassic World. Like they're spreading it around to being like, it's a movie for everyone. Horror, thriller, yeah, a huge big budget action, stupid Michael Bay action, like like period piece Viking movie. You know, weird big budget Steven Spielberg esque you know, yeah. sci-fi type of deal. So they're really doing it. And I think that's working in their benefit. They're much more widespread. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the big thing is they, they made $3 billion this year yeah. already. And it's already. August. And is, we're still technically in a pandemic, which I think that like the United States, which we live in has been like, yeah. Yeah. No, we're know. not. Yeah. We're fine. But like, it's, yeah, it's, it's there. I'm, there are still, I mean, COVID is around. <laughs> yeah. Like I had a, I had a, covid adjacent exposure possibility last week and like yeah i was like ah shit you know i waited a few yeah. days took a test it was negative yep. and now i'm like right. all right cool miss right. but in this climate man three billion this, three billion dollars and you said hasn't happened since 2018 19, 19 which was disney obviously which is like all the avengers yeah. stuff and you know but like just like, thing oh. is <laughs> universal is one of those that like they come up so rarely because it's like, yeah, it's it's not Disney. It's not Warner Brothers. It like Because they don't really have a streaming service associated with them. Well, Peacock. Kind of. Kind NBC of. Universal, sure. The reason like, the Northmen showed up on Peacock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we were all like, or the Lost City, we were like, okay. Yeah, okay. In um, ambulance, you're like, hmm. But Peacock, yeah, I think is, that's an interesting thing that like Peacock is branded much more towards like NBC shows. Like, yeah, I watched The Office on Peacock. Right. And mo more people have it for that than they do for like, oh, for all of these amazing new releases. Movies are yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's working in their favor. But is, they are amazing movies. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So the thing to talk about here is what does Universal have in terms of IP? Right. Because that's the language of today. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. But is it working in their benefit to not. Well, let's, because like we mentioned Jurassic World. Yeah, they have Jurassic World. Um, Minions. Minions, which is massive. Shoot. I think it made almost a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> they're technically the owners of the dark universe, which I still maintain. I it's going to find it's going to find its way back there. It's going to be like 10 years, but then we're going to get another like another uh, swing at that. But Javier Bardem um, is. A yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll uh, or whatever. No, it was Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was he? <laughs> um, but like they have DreamWorks, like we said, with Minions and uh, and Gru and all that. And, um, you know, like they have focus features, which isn't 
you know, a huge IP kind of thing, but no, but they're pretty consistent. But notable, or yeah. They used to be, yeah. Um, and I totally, I totally lied. Um, Minions and Gru is Illumination, not DreamWorks. Oh, oh, okay. DreamWorks is Shrek, and Kung Fu Panda, which we're getting a Kung Fu Panda four. Yeah, which um, I didn't know we had a three, so that's an interesting. Yeah, I saw a Kung Fu Panda three in theaters, y'all. Holy crap! I saw this is a sidebar, oh and I'm getting God. way off it. I saw I didn't see it four <laughs> times in theaters. I saw Kung Fu Panda 3 in theaters because I went to the theater and Tree of Life was sold out. Long, I long for the days when Terrence Malick can sell out a theater. <laughs> I was oh like, God. <laughs> talk about a shift in the expectations of the evening. Oh my but I God. Digress. Tree of Life 2. <laughs> to Kung Fu oh, Panda, Panda 3. Um, so yeah, wow. I mean... I, I'm sure we could find a much longer list of the IP that Universal has, but to come but back to it. It's not their selling point. It's like, not it's their not selling their point. They've been recruiting. Yeah. You want to you wanna talk through their recruiting strategy there, Josh? So Universal, you know, despite everybody else, seems to be going for quality. I know that seems insane, but they're going after filmmakers who consistently make films that, if if they're not always amazing, at least are really high quality. And oh, the notable ones- shit. What? I'm sorry. Wait. We have to pause and go back because I just found an actual what? list of all the IP that oh, uh, no. Universal owns, and we left off some major players. Um, Which ones? Universal is Fast and Furious. Ah, damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's kind okay. of a thing. It's um, kind of a huge, one but, of the biggest franchises. Of all but time. other things, you know, Secret Life of Pets, which is not nothing, but not 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 crazy, not huge, but not nothing. Um, yeah. Like we said, Trek, Kung Fu Panda, The Crudes, and mm-hmm. all like the old like He Man, uh, Voltron, mm-hmm. Curious George, Casper, Woody the Woodpecker, like all that kind of old stuff. Um, gotcha. So, and Back to the Future, apparently. But yeah, I feel we had to. I had to bring us back for yeah, Fast yeah, yeah. and the Furious. <laughs> Um, because sure, that's, that's like, <laughs> because that's the thing we get tweeted at of like, are you fucking stupid? Um, yeah. And how and, to train your dragon. Yes. Huge. I mean, DreamWorks and, and even Fast and Furious, it's like one of the biggest, longest running franchises of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, true. It's true. We sorry. had to say it. Yes. Uh, but so back so to the town. Fast and Furious, but they also, <laughs> this kind of like <laughs> derails the, the whole thing. conversation, but yeah, here we go. But recently, and we talked about this months and months ago when Christopher Nolan post Tenet was shopping around for his Oppenheimer movie. Didn't because... care for HBO sending Tenet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or no, just having a really well, shitty release schedule. Yeah. Exactly. Which I'm like, dude, you released it like July of 2020. What did you want? Yeah. It was the middle of the pandemic, but neither here nor there. But Nolan has now signed on to do at least one picture with Universal being Oppenheimer, where he has the most insane deal of all time. You should look yeah. it up. It's like he makes out like a bandit during this doing this. Yeah. But Nolan, one of the most bankable filmmakers of the last 20 years. Yeah. All of his movies, regardless of what it is, and he's someone who I think people like to write off, myself included, but he does genre films like that shouldn't make $500 million, yeah. but they do. And so yeah. I have no doubt that Oppenheimer is going to make a ton of money. Um, they also have signed Jordan Peele for his next couple movies, which mm-hmm. is notable as he is one of the most important and consistent filmmakers yeah. ever. Yeah. Three bangers, three movies. That's it. And that's I would say, like, say. not necessarily like bankable is not the word. Right. But like consistent and dependable and like. Yeah. With his own following, to be sure. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll say, nope, crossed a hundred million. Crossed a hundred million dollars and it's gonna keep climbing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna make like four hundred million or anything like that, but it that's substantial for a genre weird, odd yeah. horror sci-fi movie. And then the big one, not the big one, but another notable one is the Daniels, the two yeah. the duo that directed uh Everything Everywhere All at Once and before that was like Swiss Army Man and like they're very, very creative and really, really, really yeah. talented filmmakers. 
and people and two filmmakers that people are going to be watching because everything yeah. everywhere just like nope has crossed a hundred million dollars and that yeah. was like a 15 million dollar budget indie film you know um a24 i was thinking Moving earlier from a24 to the universal is like, yeah Ooh. yeah that's a that's a, <laughs> that's jump. a big i was <laughs> i was thinking earlier we have to have a conversation at some point of uh what movies have we seen already this year that are Oscar contenders? Because everything yes. everywhere is definitely one of those. Um, and it came out like several months ago, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do one. Yeah. Yeah. Close to Oscar season. I, yeah. We'll also put crap. out that Michael Bay is signed with a first look deal with universal as well. That yep. like, and first look deals ambulance? guys. Yeah. That's no joke. Yeah. That's first look deals of want. like, Hey, anything you want to like, you know, bring to us, like, yeah. Um, yeah. So they have heavy, heavy hitters, big budget blockbuster filmmakers, um, also indie auteurs and just really all around quality filmmakers that I don't think a lot of other studios are like searching for right now. Yeah. They're chasing which talent seems in a odd. time when a lot of people are chasing IP. Which I'm like, dude, but you can make your own IP with these four it's filmmakers. true. <laughs> It's true. Give me Ambulance Universe, bro. I mean, give me, you know, three Inception movies. Not that yeah, no dude. one would ever do it, but like. No, but. Or ten, like, you know, Nolan's stuff is always deep enough to merit a follow up. And, you totally. know, not that he would do it, but like Michael Bay no, would certainly do it forever and ever. Um, he only made 10 Transformers movies, yeah. you know. But like, give me ambulances, you know. Dude, um, honestly, yes. Like, yeah. you know, it's it, so. It's interesting because, you know, like we've been saying over and over, like Universal not making a whole bunch of headlines in terms of their IP and releases and stuff like that. They're kind of just chilling back and scooping up crazy talent, which is dope. Yes, it's not it's not common for this period in time where yeah. I think a lot of focus has been on Disney recently. And mm -hmm. they're not that they don't work with talented people, but they have a machine that's working yeah. these things. They out. have their property and then they look to attach people to their property exactly which notably they're now trying to find a director for fantastic four uh and that's you know the property Supposedly comes there's before. only one person name on the list which okay yeah terrence malick yeah michael bay <laughs> yeah. opposite sides oh my god <laughs> right exactly um but no i think this is i mean there's very clearly a reason that universal is so profitable right now yeah and yes they do have the big ip like jurassic world dominion was i think their highest grossing movie but also you know minions I, so it's weird because they're almost have the perfect balance because yeah. they have the ip that brings in three billion dollars but then they also have really quality standalone original films mm -hmm. that might not bring in a billion but we'll have really good critical responses across the board. So yeah. even if Jurassic World falls flat, you've got Nope, you've got the Northmen to be like, these yeah. are quality films, you yeah. know, which I don't Eggers, think yeah, I guess we doing. didn't bring up Eggers. I don't know if he has a yeah. first look deal, but like. I don't know if he does or not, but I, I, I don't think he's looking to make another movie this big anymore. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, and then we. Like for another contrast, we look at Paramount this year. I mean, they put out Top Gun, The Lost City, Jackass mm -hmm. Forever, Scream, and Sonic 2. Mm -hmm. And then everything else was a bunch of nothing movies that went straight to Paramount Plus. Yeah. And and they were just Which is focusing. all Star Trek. Yeah, all Star Trek. And people don't know that you can find stuff like yeah. um what was it, Jerry and Marge Go Large and Secret Headquarters and like some, Yeah, some I guess random uh, stuff like Star that. Trek's not all Star Trek's not fair, but like it's you go on Paramount Plus and you're, you you are bombarded with a lot of Star Trek content. So yeah, you know who owns Star Trek when you when you get there. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's like Universal is like we're calling out here. Like keep an eye on them, definitely because they're doing a lot of stuff that's not getting a lot of press and is no. worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I want to see what the Daniels are going to give us next. Yes. I'll be interested to see the scope of what the Daniels give us next. Yeah. Because if they're given 50 million and like, oh, well, yeah. if they're given $200 million to make, true, you know, true. A re oh, if they're given $200 million to make a reboot of uh, Back to the Future, <sighs> not a hard boardroom conversation to imagine. Not at all. Not at all. And I'm, I'm sure it's actually happened, to be quite honest. Um, you heard it here first, folks. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, breaking news. 
But yeah, Universal guys, again, we don't ever talk about them. But like yeah. here they are coming in first place here. So <laughs> I would feel remiss if I didn't call out uh they also have Voltron and I want a Voltron, a live action Voltron movie so bad. Start the petition. Start it up. Yeah. Low low priority if you're Universal, but, but not on the exactly, list. Exactly. Not nothing. Put it on the not list. nothing, you know. Yeah. I'm sure they have someone out there with a spec script, you know, just shopping it around. Well, Netflix has a Voltron movie. But, oh, well, yeah. Or uh TV show, but we're getting We're not counting that. Yeah. Well, we were talking about how Universal doesn't really have a streaming service. But you know who um, does? Because the streaming world is chaos and intense and ruthless, and it's all about that subscriber number. Yep. And as we said at the top, asterisks, yep. but Disney has technically, how many qualifiers can we put I on know. this? Disney has technically passed Netflix in total subscriptions they did it the underdog disney <laughs> which not for nothing but so okay let's let's clarify the asterisk here is in that they have surpassed netflix in total subscriptions if you include disney plus hulu and espn plus which disney owns all three yep. and that number uh reaches 221.1 million which is slightly higher than Netflix's most recently reported 220.67 million total subscribers. So just just a hair. Just a hair. But they did that in two years. Yeah. Disney Plus and like Disney's acquisition of Hulu and Fox and or Disney's acquisition of like a controlling share of Hulu because they they split it with a bunch of other people mm-hmm. um, was late 2019. Yeah. So like in we'll say for rounding sake, two years, yeah. uh, they have been, <laughs> I'm going to stop adding qualifiers to everything <laughs> because I'm like, I feel like I'm parsing my words. Take everything I say here with a grain of salt because it's like kind of banal. We can't give Disney too much credit, basically. Yeah. But in two and a few and a little bit of time years, they have unseated Netflix, which has been the subscriber king for a decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And given like Netflix is going down mm-hmm. in terms of their subscriber base, although they predict, you know, a huge increase again coming. Right. But it's like it's kind of wild to think about. It is. And it's funny, like if you break it down, like Disney Plus is 152 million of that 221, and then ESPN mm-hmm. is 22 or almost 23 million, and Hulu is 46 million, which makes sense because yeah. I think Hulu has been around as a streaming service as long, if not longer, than Netflix has been. Yeah, like it was, they've it been was around a close. long yeah. time, uh, which is interesting. But you know. And we talked about this before the pod, but like, you know, I wonder how many, because Disney used to, and they still do bundle all three of these in a package. How much of these are overlapping subscribers that are like, I I subscribe to Disney Plus and Hulu because I know for a fact that I do that and my roommate does that. It's like, that doesn't count as two subscribers. I mean, it does, but we're we're one person, you know? Yeah. If I, if I subscribed in the bundle deal to get Disney Plus, Hulu and Netflix for, Hulu and Netflix, Disney yeah. Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for I think it was like I don't even thirty remember or forty price. bucks. It was yeah, it was like yeah. thirty bucks. Some it was not a huge amount of money, right? But like, is that one subscription counting as three in that? Which like, yeah, I would think. I would hope. I, like, you know, I think what the information that we're seeing here is literally saying is Disney Plus has this many, Hulu has this many, ESPN Plus has this many. When you add those three numbers up, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Yeah. So here's the question, though. How long before Disney Plus, Disney Plus on its own, overtakes Netflix? Not long. <laughs> because, like, Hulu and ESPN Plus are going to do their own thing. Like, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't foresee, unless, like, you know, NFL football goes solely to ESPN plus, which will never happen in yeah. a bajillion years. Come on. You know, I don't foresee either of those two having massive jumps in subscriptions, but mm-hmm. I could see Disney plus having massive jumps in subscriptions to Definitely. match Netflix. And it's substantially cheaper than Netflix is even without ads, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's a big factor. And that's like an actually real to get 
like Wall Street on it. That's a really interesting thing is if you say Disney Plus has more subscribers than Netflix, that makes the stock worth, stock price of Disney jump regardless of whether or not the total like profit from that is like right. nothing comparatively. Right. It doesn't matter. You it's know perception. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like Disney might have, you know, 222 million subscribers in the future, but like, you know, they're only making 70% of what Netflix is making. Sure. But right. like that's, you know, when it comes to what it all comes down to of money, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board. That doesn't, you know. <laughs> You're on board. Capitalism. Corporate. Corporate capital. I'm buying me some Disney. <laughs> Let's get some stocks. Yeah. It, it, like with Disney Plus and with Netflix, neither of these services are like the cream of the crop when it comes to content, like what's actually being produced. Sure. And I think mm -hmm. that like we've talked about this before, like quality doesn't equal anything like it doesn't yeah. really matter at this point so i think it's interesting that these two are the ones that are duking it out when they're both kind of like like nobody's like yeah. disney plus amazing a hundred percent of their content is you know balls yeah. to the wall amazing same with netflix and so i'm like we were saying earlier how we're like kind of excited for she hulk right exactly i'm like you know it's yeah. fine and uh and so it's interesting that these two have have made a name for themselves i think simply because people know yeah. Like Netflix and Disney, like that's, you know, that's like I mean, wallpaper. Netflix is standing on the top of the mountain that it's been there for, you know, yeah. a decade. And Disney's Disney. Disney's like, Disney. You know, that's. <laughs> it's been around for a hundred years plus. And, you know, we all came up watching Disney movies, you know, whether it's The Lion King or Aladdin or I don't know why Home on the Range just popped into You know what? Sure thing. I guess. Sure. I wonder if Home on the Range is on. It Disney. has I'm to not, be. I'm not adding more credence to <laughs> Home of the Range. Um, yeah, but in a weird way, Disney has more weight than Netflix does because their back catalog oh, is yes. like, like people will hold on it's to it because it's like, well, Pixar, well, all yeah. of Star Wars, well, any yeah. one person can be like, the can justify back yeah. six bucks for the entire Disney back catalog or all of Pixar. Like that's yeah. huge, you know? Whereas Netflix is not hitting those same levels. No. Um, and it's interesting, like, you know, you look at the other players like Paramount is I think Paramount has a, a potential to build a lot of stuff. They have a lot of stuff behind them. Yeah. Apple's in there, which Apple has no back catalog. No. Like zero. Um, they're building and it. they're still. Yeah. But they're still like major players in it. You know, when you talk about top five streamers. Yeah. It's probably what Netflix, Disney, Apple, Amazon. Prime. Yeah. Yeah. And Paramount. Yeah. And Apple, is there another one in there? Like, I mean, not really. I mean, if we're talking like forty million for Hulu, it's like no, not even close. Yeah, and, Hulu or like you could throw Peacock in there, I suppose. But like, yeah, same kind of thing. Like, I don't know that they're right. So like, if those are the top five, like, and Apple just came out like not long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the crazy thing to think. Of. Like, all of these are less than, except for Netflix, are like less than two, three years old. Yeah, you know. Oh, Netflix like must Apple be just like, came oh. out. Disney Plus just came out. Paramount Plus was like, oh, shit, Paramount. We have a lot of content. Yeah. We should probably do a streaming platform. Right. And I think it's interesting that Apple has become the service that's like the awards bait stuff, mm -hmm. like Emmys galore, Oscars yeah. galore. Like it's in their first year of doing stuff. It's like, oh, Coda wins Best Picture. It's like, that's just unheard yeah. of, you know? And it's Netflix couldn't do that ever, you know, let alone yeah. now, let alone in their first year. So I think it's interesting that Apple, arguably the biggest corporate, like, like, why are you in the media type of situation? One of the biggest companies on the planet. Yeah. That makes tech products is like, yeah. oh, we're also just going to make Severance Put and out Ted Lasso. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Do you foresee Disney being the king of this for a while? Like, is this like Disney's going to like, you know, hit up here and then like three years from now, it's going to be, you know, universal plus that's king of the right. mountain right or so like is this going to be a is this going to be a constant fight where the number one subscriber count is going to shift up and down depending on the time of year or is one of these streaming platforms going to take the crown and never let it go 
I so the only argument I have for Disney taking the crown overall is because they're only focused on making things that everybody knows. Like yeah. they're only like all IP. Andor, She-Hulk, mm-hmm. like even though Andor is like a, a tertiary character, it's like Star Wars, yeah. Marvel, mm-hmm. Pixar, we're throwing Nat Geo even. It's like they're throwing stuff on there that is like they're shameless. They're like we're just going to do stuff that is fan yeah. service 10,000%. I mean all their live action stuff, yeah. Exactly. You know, National Treasure is going on there and it's it's yeah. so they're they're really pushing hard for that. So I don't think it's unheard of at all to think that Disney Plus will surpass Netflix, especially if Netflix can't get anything off the ground. Like, yeah. Like what what do they have? I have heard zero people talk about Sandman. Zero. Have you watched yeah. it yet? I haven't, but I have See, me heard neither. that it's really real. I saw two separate articles that said Sandman is worth the decade of work that Neil Gaiman put into. Oh, thank yeah. God. <laughs> Honestly. And I'm kind of like, all right. That's huge. Another one that I'm like, I can't sell my wife on that one, so I have to find time to watch it. But like. Hey, you got two weeks coming up. <laughs> hey, yeah, they're coming. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think Disney is going to get up there and sit up there for quite a while. Um, yeah. I think they it might be one of those things. It, it's It'll be like the like world's richest man race you know where it's like oh yeah here's elon musk at the top and every now and then bezos will like do something that puts him at number one for a while and then like it'll shift a little bit but i feel like we'll get to a top three that always just alternates before right or alternates between and yeah and like we said just like right before this like disney's back catalog makes them a yeah like a staple it's like why not and netflix is like I open Netflix when I can't find anything on all the other streaming services. And then I'm, but other than that, like, I'm not like, oh, I need to go watch every episode of Black Mirror again or like Orange is New Black. And like, they don't have the same Disney. It's almost unfair. Disney has such a head start on everybody that it's like, well, you can only find all of Disney's catalog here. Like, that's although we both did just watch Uncharted on Netflix. I know. I know. That's the thing I feel like we keep, I, we always, whenever we have these conversations, we come back to of like, yeah, but I did just watch something on Netflix. I know. I know. But if, if Uncharted had been on Prime, I would have watched That's it true. on Prime. Like it has nothing that's to true. do with Netflix. It's just the fact that they had it at that time. That's where, yeah, that's where it popped in front of your face and you're like, all right, yeah. I feel like I would be remiss. We have to go back because I made that list of like, oh yeah, the top fives and didn't involve like HBO in any capacity i know i know yeah so which is like qualifier i i think hbo discovery is probably gonna always just do better than like paramount yeah Yeah, of course of course but qualifier in a weird spot for them so movies streaming tv show i mean like everything is moving so much every month that like there yeah who knows like hbo could shut down like next month and i'd be like well yeah. You know what? That's just how it how it works. So, um yeah, all of this will be ongoing. We'll have to check back on all of this and see where everybody lands, especially at the end of the year to see what everybody's numbers are at. I'm yeah. I'm really I'm into this. I'm into yeah. this. See so. who's doing best in the box office and who's doing best in streaming. Exactly, in streaming cuz eventually one of those two things they either going to have to live parallel or one of them's going to have to completely take the cake and I don't know what is did I say to you, I, this can be our last thing before yeah. we wrap up. I had a thought the other day that like with all the conversation around the Oscars and streaming platforms and stuff, how is there not just like a streaming awards ceremony? Oh, dude. I mean, I'm sure there is in some capacity of like, you know, there's probably like the, I mean, I know there's like the Webbies and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But somebody found a governing platform that like gives out awards for custom made i mean there's nothing that would like out of hand have the same prestige as an oscar but you could, i mean you could come up with it though like yeah it's not Call the, the question. Hollywood foreign press association like yeah, exactly exactly they need some good press <laughs> i mean i think i think with a year prep you could easily make an award ceremony that outdoes the golden globes oh my god yes you know Oh my God. You just need the wherewithal to go for it. I don't know. I like that's one of those things because if that's where we're going, man, 
let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate yes. it as it should be celebrated and not have all this qualifier bullshit around. This is an entirely different topic that I've gone off to, but like we should okay. talk about it sometime. It's an important because, one. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this up. Did we do this like whole thing? And then I was like, also look at this pretty bird over here. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it all has to do with streaming and we've talked about this it's before, true. but we'll have to get more into this because it's, I think everyone's just like waiting for things to either go back to normal or yeah. change. And I think we just have to wait to see what happens, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause everyone else is waiting. Yeah. So, and we will duly report exactly on what's coming. We're here for you every week <laughs> in the trenches, uh, in the trenches, <laughs> very far outside the trenches. <laughs> Let's go on to no, our, recommendations Josh. let's do it so we didn't talk about this this week but it's something of note that a lot of movies are having major anniversaries this year and last year and a lot of movies are coming back to theaters like old movies like right now et jaws dirty dancing are all in imax right now which is really really cool so i urge everybody to go see them on the big screen because like i wasn't even around when a lot of these were out so that's really yeah. cool and so i thought it would be interesting to look at or recommend a movie that you would like them to bring back in theaters that you had not gotten a chance to see on the big screen uh, that potentially has some weight to come back and, you know, you'd enjoy. Um, yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, sure. I'll go first. Um, mine is one of those. So whenever we whenever we do our recommendations, I always uh, prompt my wife and I'm like, oh, I wonder what we think. Because I usually have one, yeah. but she always has fun. At, you know, we have a little discussion about it. It's a nice mm -hmm. little thing we do. And I was kind of chewing on this and I didn't have a good thing. And she said one and I'm like, of course, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and I did just bring up Letterboxd to make sure that this wasn't something that's already been recommended. Okay. Yeah, I always do that. I'm like, ah. Oh. My recommendation that I really want to see on a big screen and especially in IMAX because I'm really curious how it will hold up is 1999's The Mummy. Ooh, Yes. Hell yeah. I want to see so 99, so we're not near like you know, it'd be the 23rd anniversary. I could hang out for two years for sure. 25. Yeah. But like this movie is amazing. This movie has cemented itself in pop culture that I think it would be excellent to yeah. like I think people would be like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go see the mummy. Yeah. And the thing that made me go, oh yeah, this is like totally is Brendan Fraser, like about to have a massive comeback. He's in the middle of it, yeah. And um, the Frasier songs. Oh, that's that, that's not a word at all. Sure, but like, yeah, like I would, I would hands down pay to. I would travel the half hour to my nearest theater to watch the Mummy on an IMAX screen. Absolutely. Yes. I I unapologetically love about the Mummy. <laughs> that, there's nothing to apologize. It's amazing. That movie is amazing. And it's that fun. movie has no business being as good as it is because no. the premise is. Redonk, but excellent yes. and it's so well executed and i love that movie and i want to see it on the biggest screen possible oh my god i'm really curious how the cg would hold up because i've watched it recently it doesn't I'm, seem bad i've seen it it in doesn't the last seem five bad it doesn't seem bad it's not bad yeah i don't know if it holds up <laughs> when it's on an imax screen yeah yeah that's the qualifier I'll make. I'm like, yeah, yeah. my, you know, 55-inch TV in my living room sure. it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a much smaller screen. Right, right. Yeah. That's a great one. So that's my pick, The Mummy. Uh, Josh, what is your I want to see this movie in theaters? So movie. my movie that I'm going to recommend, of course, is a horror movie because I am a like a degenerate, you know, and I'm depraved, <laughs> and I, you know. Uh, but it's not a movie that I've talked about a lot on this pod, if ever. Uh, and it's Wes Craven's 1984 original A Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yes. Because this is yes. out of the Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Exorcist, like Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite mm -hmm. because it's just out there enough where I'm like, this is more creative than any sort of slasher movie should be, you know? And if you don't know, it's yep. the Freddy Krueger movies where he basically, I don't want to get too far into it, but he haunts people's nightmares and in a really interesting way. And it's kind of the similar, like teens have to face off against a slasher villain. Sure. But in this case, you're not really safe anywhere. So it merges the two, you know, kind of subgenres of horror being slasher and supernatural in a way that's 
really hasn't been done since, you know, like this. I think Sinister kind of gets in this realm a little bit, but sure. Um, Heather Langkamp uh, as Nancy, Robert England as Freddy Krueger, Johnny Depp for a little tiny part in there. I mean, it's it's a movie that like is so stylish yeah. and so well made and so well written and so original and the practical the practical effects work in this. Like Friday the Thirteenth, obviously practical effects like that was also sure. made in the eighties, but with this premise, yeah. Wes Craven went all out. I mean, like, there's, there's like the the tongue coming out of the phone. It's you know Nancy in the bathtub. It's it's uh, her on the ceiling with the, which they did the Inception rotating room thing where like she yeah. was actually you know upside oh, down. Yeah. Um, the bed basically eating someone and then spitting their blood up. Like, there's so many things in this movie that I'm like, it's so unbelievably creative in a way that so many things today aren't. And I've never obviously seen this on a, on a big screen. Sure. Um, but I just, Wes Craven is the king. Like people say John Carpenter is At the king of horror. 100%. And I think he has a crown, but Wes Craven is the king of horror. Yep. Original horror, franchise horror. 100%. You know? And I just would love to see this on a massive screen because I love this movie. I love this franchise. Uh, and if you, want to, if you want to watch it and haven't, I mean, it's on both Netflix and HBO Max right now. So you have no excuse unless you are listening to this podcast and don't subscribe to any streaming services, which I find very hard to believe. Um, but yeah. Indeed. The original, Night, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's also a couple years out from a, a big uh, a big anniversary, so I don't think we'll see it this year or next yeah. year. But man. But that's one of those ones, I, 100%, I feel like we'll you'll be able to find something in there. That would be cool. That That'll be cool. come to a theater, yeah. It's the R rating that makes me go, it's not really a Jaws or a Jurassic Park where people are like, oh, anybody can go see it. But oh, man, please, please. I would rather go see this than like scream back in theaters. Like I would, it's just such a, it's such a genuinely creative film. So yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Yeah. (laughs) Different as usually happens with our uh, our recommendations, but The Mummy and Nightmare on Elm Street. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Um, All right, let's bring this home. We've been talking for far too long at this point. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? So people can find me on the internet on Twitter at JoshFuller33, Fuller is spelled with no E. You can also find me on Letterboxd, Instagram, and I've just recently joined Granary, which is just a, a a service for just posting film photography, which is awesome. So on all of those services, you can find me at Josh J. Fuller. Uh, Letterbox, you can find everything I watch movie-wise, day-to-day, and uh, where can people find you, Willis? You can find me on the internets, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and on Letterboxd at Willis Film. And if you want to find the pod itself, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod. And you can find us on Letterbox at Pixel Splitters, where we post all of our recommendations, including The Mummy and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Uh, the Mummy available on Peacock and Hulu. Uh, I didn't say that, but uh, oh, yeah. nice, excellent, yeah. perfect. Available yeah. on multiple platforms. That's that there doesn't you go. happen very often. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, sweet. Well, go studios, go churning out that content. Definitely, <laughs> it's crazy. What a crazy time to be podcasting. Looking at <laughs> podcasting about this industry, it's crazy. It is. Every conversation, I'm like, damn. I was going to say, yeah, I said it last week. It's like, we we chose a really great time to do this because there's nothing but news to talk about. So It's true. So, yeah. Uh, so, we will be back again next week to talk about more news. Yes, absolutely. All right. Hit us, Josh. All right, guys. Well, thank everyone for listening. And uh, end of pod. Thank you.